You're listening to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. This show was created for entrepreneurs, business owners, marketers, and dreamers who want to learn from the experts of today and drastically shortcut their own success to build a business that supports their dream lifestyle. Since 2011, Tyler Jorgensen has been interviewing business thought leaders from around the world. A serial entrepreneur himself, Tyler also shares his personal insights into what's working in business today. Welcome to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. Welcome out to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. I am your host, Tyler Jorgensen, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Esther Inman who runs a really cool business called virtualassistantinternship.com. And we're going to talk with her a little about how she created this, her journey, how she got here, and the place that she just moved back from because we all want to go there. But uh, (laughs) welcome out to the show, Esther. I am so excited to be here. It's going to be so awesome. (laughs) Love it. Esther, when did you first realize that you are an entrepreneur? Oh my gosh. Jeez. So I always... I'm one of those people. And I think you hear people say this. I always was entrepreneurial ever since I was a kid. So I was the one who was getting the kids together to do a lemonade stand. I started a babysitter's club when I was 12. I remember my dad had all these old books and I started selling them on Amazon and I was in high school. I had a whole like thing going (laughs) before that was a thing. And so when I quit my corporate job and started working from home as a virtual assistant, that was really, I think, my first real adult jump into being an entrepreneur. That is a big jump. But it's, it's yeah. interesting because some people, I think, absolutely knew it. Like, I don't know if I knew I was an entrepreneur, but I knew I didn't see the world the same way everyone else did. I did the lemonade right. stand, the, all those kind of things. But I hadn't had it identified or defined to me what that was. So you started your career in a normal like kind of corporate world? I went to school actually to be a teacher. And I went and I did teach for a while. I moved abroad to Europe. I always, I mean, I'm the type of person who would get the opportunity to move abroad, teach at a school, and I take it and I go. So I'm kind of that kind of person, which I think also tends to lend itself to entrepreneur life. And then when I moved back, there was no teaching jobs. They didn't pay well. I was trying to live in Southern California, which is a joke if you make less than like 60 to 80 grand and they were only paying teachers 40. It was just bad. So I started working in corporate America, but it was also miserable. So that was when I started to really say, I know that people are living life differently. I know that life is not just sitting in traffic for two hours and wondering when I'm going to see my kid ever again and being stressed out and crying all the time. Like I knew that this wasn't it. I just wasn't exactly sure what it was. So that's when I started to like, you know, okay, let me dip my toe a little bit in and see what I can figure out here. Yeah. So virtual assistants are something that I think the first time I really learned about it was after reading the four hour work week, Tim Ferriss was a big advocate for offloading part of your work. How do you define a virtual assistant? A VA essentially is somebody who can do lots of different things for a business owner. And they really have replaced a typical office manager slash executive assistant slash secretary type of person. And, you know, we've also added even more things onto their plate. They can do some light copywriting and some social media management. So they're really replacing those roles in a traditional office environment with some additional skills that are more niche to the online business, or at least the online part of a business. If 
because brick and mortar physical businesses hire VAs as well. And they're really just a jack or jill of all trades. They can do all different kinds of things and they become your right hand person. So would you say that typically a VA is like a master generalist, someone that's going to help you with a lot of things, or do you typically recommend finding a VA that for each specialty or specific thing you need? Yeah. So a VA, they're going to be able to do tasks that you give them to do. So that's the biggest differentiator. So if you can say, okay, I want you to post onto Instagram and I want you to post, here's all the photos that you can pick from. And, you know, I'll work with you to help us get to the types of captions that I want to do. That's not the same person as a social media strategist who's going to plan out what we're going to do on all your channels and how we're going to like do Instagram ads. Those are two different people. And I think about a lot of people actually suffer because they think that they're hiring this strategist person, but they only want to pay or they've advertised for a VA. (laughs) And those are very different things. They are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to recognize the difference between those two. So you became a teacher, then you went into corporate world and you dipped your toes. So when was the first time that you, you know, you got out on your own and you started doing some VA work? When was the first thing like, Hey, this is the light bulb moment. I think this might work. So I started as a VA and I was pulled my son out of daycare where he was going for like 12 hours a day. It was insane. Um, My husband was active duty military. So I was really by myself a lot of the time. And I loved it. I loved what I got to do. And I, by the time that I paid, didn't have to pay for his daycare anymore. I ended up making about the same that I was making before, which blew my mind because I thought I'm making it now. I'm in this corporate job. I'm doing so well. And then I think the next phase for me was when I had so many women and mostly women at that point, although I have helped some men now too asking me, how are you working from home? How are you working from home? And I couldn't say, oh, learn how to write some blogs and I can refer you some work because there was nothing that was teaching anybody. They didn't even know what a VA was. And so that was kind of the next transition piece too. The first piece was, oh my gosh, I can make money. I can make as much money as I want because there was so much work out there. There still is to this day. You will never go without VA work. There is so much work out there. (laughs) Even though people don't think there is, there is. And then the next phase was, oh my gosh, there's all these people that want to work from home as a VA and they have no resources to help them. So those are kind of the two pieces of my, you know, entrepreneurial story. So that's the big thing, right? So you started as a VA, but then you realized, man, there's no resource or or education place for people to go learn how to do this. Yep. And so you created that. Tell us about that. What happened? Yeah. So I was still a VA and I just started mentoring a couple of girls from base. And I was like, I literally just posted into Facebook groups for my base and said, does anybody want to learn like VA skills? I'll mentor you and then I can refer you work. And so I met with them one hour a week. I would teach them some stuff and then I could refer them work as like interns is what I call them. And now that's why my company is called virtual assistant internship because nobody could get even work experience. So they could learn. Right. How to be so I was like, I'll teach you how I'll give you some work. I got tons. <laughs> And then I also was still working for my clients. I continued to expand into an agency. I took my agency to six figures. It was very successful. I had a team of subcontractors, all while mentoring these girls and these women. And then it started growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Just I started just with the Facebook group, <laughs> just posting resources and doing some webinars here and there. Right. And then now it's grown. I ended up having to close my agency three years ago because my programs were just 
growing in an insane amount that I couldn't keep up. And now we have over 4,000 students that we've helped oh, wow. to work from home as BAs. So I had to close the agency to help this piece be successful. What were some other things when you first got going you know, in the business side of things um, yeah. that you had to figure out? My biggest one has been mindset, has been the biggest mm-hmm. one for me. And it's something that I think people throw around, the word mindset, mindset, but I didn't really get what that meant and I didn't really understand it. But the biggest example that I can give is I knew that I had skills and I knew that I could get paid for skills. Like that made sense to me. That's just logic. Yeah, we know how to do things and then we make money right. from it. I don't know. But I had a really hard time closing my agency and thinking, can I just live off of my online courses that I'm selling? Like, is this a thing that I can do? And so I honestly had to track the finances from the agency and track the finances from the online courses. And I stood in front of my mastermind and I showed both. And I said, can I have permission to close my agency? Because I genuinely didn't believe that I could do it. And everyone, they had this dull face of, you think? (laughs) So it was a lot of mindset stuff for me of really believing that I can actually really do this and really be able to offer this to people and that they would want to buy it and they want to learn from me. And, oh, but there's other people who are doing it too. And maybe they do it better. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you say to other people that are facing that mindset? Like the one that you just mentioned, I think is super common. Oh, well, that already exists. So somebody else is already training them or training people. What do you say to that? One thing I learned was that not everybody is going to connect with other people, and they, but they will connect with you. And so, of course, I have this huge Facebook group of people who like me, and they want to connect with me. I have an email list now and an Instagram now of all these people that want to connect with me and learn from me and talk to me in my DMs. Yeah, I mean, but it's so important, right? Like in order connecting with a specific person, right? Yeah, connecting with a specific person. And the other thing is, I set out, okay, fine. There's other VA training programs out there. I'm going to make the freaking best one there ever was. <laughs> and to this day, I update my course all the time. I make sure my stuff is excellent and that I deliver far beyond what anybody paid for it. And that I think is one of the biggest things that you can set yourself apart is just make something excellent. And people, it's an obvious choice then. So just delivering major value so that you don't have to ever worry about that you know, the imposter syndrome or the maybe I'm not good enough part or all of those things. Yeah. If you're proud of what you did and your students are telling you how amazing it is and how it's changing our lives and how it's working, what else do you need? Like that becomes the fuel. Yeah. It's, I, I believe strongly in the first half of what you said, where just because somebody else exists teaching what you teach or sharing what you share or coaching what you coach or whatever, doesn't mean that there's not a group of people. I mean, you can look at it in a, the simplest way I explain it is even the most popular celebrities mm-hmm. have people that don't like them. Yeah. And so there are people that won't go see a movie because that's mm-hmm. the main actor or they're at least yes. less likely to see it. And there's the opposite of that. Oh, that instead of this person, I wish they would have cast this person who I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of. Mm-hmm. And so there's room for so many more people in the market you know, there are a lot of me too's and I'm not saying that that's the right way to do it. But if you're going to come in and create something amazing, there, most markets have room for somebody else to come in and deliver massive value. Yeah. So, I mean, you've uh, built the virtual assistant internship. You've launched 90 Day VA. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So 90 Day VA was my program that I started just recording week by week. And literally that's what turned into the first version of the program. And I moved to Bali three years ago. And that's when I took my agency to six figures. I was kind of running this program on the side. 
And then the side hustle to my, what started as a side hustle, I guess, it took over and became the main gig. And we since completely redid the program. We, I hired, instead of having the team work on other clients' projects for the agency, I made the terrifying decision to say, um, you guys are just going to work on my stuff now? Like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> and it's worked great. And now I have 12 people who work just for my programs and our stuff that we do. We just grew slowly. I just started with one or two people and then slowly we kept growing. And the great part is when you train VAs is you have a great pool to hire from. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <train> yourself. <laughs> right. So what are some mistakes that entrepreneurs make when hiring a VA? Yeah. Um, I think one of the ones we talked about before is expecting too much, expecting this VA to come in and be able to make big, you can do a launch plan for me and then you can execute the ads and you can do And like, that's just not what a VA does. Uh, so I think expectations is a big one of them. I think that a lot of times they do not set up VAs for success. Nobody can read your mind and know exactly what it is that you want, especially if you didn't give them all of that information and all of the resources to begin with. And so that goes back to expectations as well, but setting them up for success. How are you onboarding them? How are they able to get the materials and resources that they need? Did you have them do a trial task before you hired them to make sure that you liked what they could do? And I think as business owners, anytime there's a problem with the people you hire, all those fingers always point back to you. What did you do that you didn't prepare them enough and give them what they needed enough to be able to do an excellent job? How can you do it better next time? So if I hear business owners that are just, oh, I just can't find a good VA and I've had a hard time. I'm like, well, what are you doing wrong? Because I don't want to send anyone to work for you. <laughs> you sound awful. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think when we delegate, the term that I tell my team is you have to be ridiculously specific. Yes. So that you cut down on feedback coming back and forth and time lost yeah. there. And then as well as just the task coming back not being done correctly. Mm -hmm. And so and if you're now, a lot of guys on my team will struggle to delegate because they're like, well, if I have to be that specific, I'm already halfway through the task at that point. Yeah. Right. So how do you help people kind of let go of that little bit of, you know, energy of like, is it worth the time it takes to get a VA on board? That sort of a thing. Yeah. I've heard this before too. This is another common one of, I think it goes, well, it's just faster at this point if I just do it myself. Right. <laughs> and the answer is number one, no, it's not. If you're handing things over correctly, it may be the first time, maybe the first two times, three times, but if you've done your homework and gave them, you recorded yourself doing the task and you put it, you said, okay, here's how you do it. Now ask me any questions you need. Great. Now they're done. So it, some of it comes back to the SOPs and the onboarding that you have, which it might be a little bit of work in the beginning. It was for me with my team, but then it's done and it's gone. So it's like when you're teaching your kids to do chores and okay. So the first time when you teach them how to sweep the back patio, it's a whole thing. Second or third time, they're probably not going to do it right. And you're going to go and help them. But that doesn't mean that we just say, oh, forget it. You guys don't do chores. No, we keep working with them because eventually it's going to be helpful and they will learn how to do it and it'll be done properly. And you have a list that's, that you give them that says, all right, are all the leaves off of the patio? Is the broom put away, right? Those are your SOPs. It's the same idea for your team members. <laughs> so it may be a little bit more time consuming in the beginning, but if you are handing things over properly, then eventually very quickly, it will alleviate that for you. And the other part of that is small things add up. So I, my husband laughs at me because he says, 
why are you telling me all these chores to do? Why didn't you just do them? And I was like, because if I would have done all that, I would have been doing chores for the last two hours, my friend. So I'm outsourcing and we're all going to do chores together for 20 minutes and then we're done. And here's your list and here's your list. So all of those little things add up and that's the best example I can give, but it's going to feel and your business going to feel like, oh, I got to send a 10 minute voice memo to her about how to do this thing. And I got to send another one about this thing for two minutes, but all those things are going to save you time. So now I'm running a million dollar business and I only work part-time, not even the full year. And that, but how did I do that? It's by setting up my team for success, giving them everything that they need so that they can run with it and really preserving my time, even if it's just 10 minutes here and there, because it'll add up to hours and hours and hours. What are some of the most common uses of a VA that every entrepreneur may not even be realizing they're missing out on? The biggest one that I teach in my program, because this is the biggest one that people need help with, is the content monster that all of us entrepreneurs have, where... For example, this recording, it needs to be edited. It needs social media graphics to go along with it. It needs show notes to be made. It needs to be posted on probably four different platforms. And then all of those things need to get posted on social media along with the graphics that got made. A lot has to go into just one podcast episode. So what I teach my students do, even if you don't have a podcast, just think of that as the example is how to take one piece of content, whether it be an audio call recording of you with one of your coaching clients or it's a video that you recorded really quick while you were driving or something. Please don't record when you're driving. Just kidding. When you were parked somewhere. <laughs> um, and they're able to take that and turn it into a blog post meeting SEO requirements with pins. And they're able to get it onto Pinterest. Then they can turn it and pull the audio from it and turn it into a podcast and the graphics and the show notes. They can edit it down so that they can put it onto TikTok and onto Instagram Rails. They can make it on the IDTV. They're able to repurpose your content into lots of different things. And they can do it because they're doing it so focused and it's just a checklist, right? Take this, turn it into all these things. They can do it in a not short amount of time. Like, of course, it can take them some time, but it's hyper instead of us trying to do it and scrambling around like, Oh God, I got to now learn how to do this video editing. Oh, now there's TikTok. Now what do I got? Like just forget all that. <laughs> just have somebody else who already knows how to do that. You already did your genius once. That's enough. Now let other people take it and run with it. So that's something that my team's still working on because, okay, you want to do a podcast now. And I'm like, all right, but I'm not signing up for more work. So how can we repurpose as much as we can? So I only have to record episodes when I want to. <laughs> yeah, that's really smart. So I love the, the content machine monster. And you're right. Yeah. Most entrepreneurs need a ton of help, but most of them are at least publishing some places. So it's just Howard, how do you get maximum juice out of that? So Define like on your list, I'm looking at your site on what kind of what other kind of work can they do, right? Project management is one of them, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between project management and just checking tasks, right? Like how are VAs able to actually help projects get completed? Yeah. So I do want to specify a difference because project slash business managers who are going to like help you plan out a launch and execute a launch, and they're gonna help like for me, I have somebody and I say, I want to make this product. Here's what I want to be in it. And they go and do it. That's different. A VA who's going to help you with some project management. This is the coolest thing is I know that for a lot of us, we can't commit to all these employees. Like we can't have a video editor employee and a podcast manager employee. And we have this, no, we have all these little contractors that do all kinds of things that don't really fit into a bigger role. 
And so this is a lot of times what I encourage people to have as their first hire is somebody who can just manage all those stupid subcontractors and make sure they're getting paid, make sure they're following on the dates, especially if you're an agency owner, getting the things done on time, making sure that it's getting to and from the client. We're getting the documents to this new hire so that they can fill them out. I got the documents back, all of that stuff to manage the little bits and things so that things can keep moving forward. Because if you're the person who's stuck, you're the person who is preventing everything from moving forward because you have to look at every single thing. You got to wait until we hire that new person because I got to interview them and I got to send them all the form. And everything takes so long because you're this like hub and you don't want to be the hub. <laughs> Make someone else the hub. <laughs> right. You're just brought in for big decisions or big things you want to be a part of. Absolutely. Uh, how can a VA help in PR pitching and PR follow-ups? Yes, this is another module in my program. We actually had a PR agency owner come and teach how to do this. So little thing, people aren't involved in podcasts or getting onto magazines and stuff is, is really just templates, literally like email templates and they tweak the templates to try to get the person onto the show or try to get the article and they will customize it for that particular person or brand. But beyond that, it's just a time game. It's just literally spending the time doing it. And is this really the best use of the entrepreneur's time? No, it's repetitive. It's not something only they need to be doing. Somebody else can learn how to do it and send those pitches out. It even looks more professional to have somebody else doing it a lot of the times. And so literally you can have a VA say, hey, I want to be on podcasts. Here's my niche. I want you to go and research and find me 50 podcasts that I could be on. Here's the metrics I want. I want them to have this many listeners or I want them to have this many followers or whatever. They come back. Ah, okay, this looks good. Now I want you to pitch. Here's three sample templates. Show me how you would adjust it for these ones. Great. These look good. Now go. Now go and pitch them to all these places. Okay, great. Now coordinate getting me on the show. Book it onto my calendar. Now connect with them to get me the questions so I'm ready. So for example, this episode, I wasn't even really involved. I just got the conversation going with you because I knew you personally from our mastermind. Right. But my VA did everything else. She got on my calendar. She got me the questions. She did everything else. I don't need to do everything. So that's just one example. No, I love that. And I think I really like how, you know, you said PR is really just templates and time. And I think those are the types of tasks that are great for VAs, right? Things that are relatively repetitive so that they can become low decision tree type situations, but they do take up time. And those small things add up massively. And -hmm. if you can eliminate 10, 20 hours out of your week of those low, high yield, low value type situations, right? The, the entrepreneur can focus on better or bigger things or choose to have that time back, right? Yeah. I don't always think time needs to be replaced, right? Sometimes Agreed. people are like, oh, now you can go do this. I'm like, or you can just breathe a little. Yeah. You just spend time with your kid and go travel and do right. the things you never had time to do. And that's why you started your business. <laughs> right. Exactly. So tell us a little bit more, like as you started getting that growing, did you hit any hurdles? And if so, how'd you overcome those as you were like making that shift from agency to focusing on the side hustle? Yeah. Ugh, besides all the mindset stuff, I think there was more mindset things even that I could talk about because there's a lot of, okay, well, if I have my team do all this stuff, then what am I going to do? And then there's right. guilt about me not doing all these things that I was doing before. And then there's guilt about great. I only have to work part-time in my business at four days a week part-time. And it's like running. What am I going to do? My business is going to fall apart. What if they don't care as much as I do? I really should be working. And I've equated my value to how much I work, which is a very Western society thing. 
So there was a lot of that that came up and it impacted my ability to lead my team. And that's really the transition that I made from doing all the things for everybody else's business to doing all the things for my business and then moving into mentoring and leading them and being just the face of the business and moving into like an ownership role. And it has not been easy and learning how to manage people. Like, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) I have to learn all of this stuff. And so those have been definite challenges that have come up and continue to come up. So what are some wins that your program has been able to help people achieve? Share some of the fun success stories. This is my favorite thing to talk about. I get a little emotional talking about it, but so when I first started this, I really, it really was just, I'm going to mentor a couple girls at a time, help them to be a VA so I can refer them work. Okay. So then it grew when I had like a hundred students and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. But what I didn't expect was the stories that started to come back to me that I was hearing from my students because I didn't realize how working from home with flexible time, making a good wage could do for people. And so the stories I have are like, we have one of our students who was in, who's Indonesian, where the daily living wage is eight US dollars per day. And she makes 20 or more US dollars per hour. And the way that it's completely changed her entire family, her entire village even could life. And this particular, there's a few of them, but this particular student, she has a fiance who lived in South Africa. And during COVID, he was dealing with brain cancer and he unfortunately passed away. Before he passed away, she was able to jump on a plane and go over there and go and be with him before he passed away. And none of this kind of thing would have been possible unless she was able to just pick up her work and go and unless she was able to make money in US dollars. So that's one. I have people that are caregivers for family members who have Alzheimer's or themselves are dealing with serious health issues that are unseen. We can't see them because they're getting migraines or they have like lupus or like things that are really intense for them, but they feel worthless if they are bored because the times they do have energy, they're not contributing or doing anything. And so now they're able to work, even if it's just five to 10 hours a week, single moms able to leave un healthy situations and still provide for their kids and not have to be dependent on the government, which who knows when that's going to come in kind of a thing. So those kinds of stories that get me out of bed every single day and still shock me. Like I still will get DMs from my students. Oh my gosh, I feel removed sometimes from it. And it always brings me back up. This is why I do what I do. And that's the thing that I want other entrepreneurs to hear as well is when you hire people, you aren't just helping yourself get more time and get more things done. You're actually creating this community and you're actually helping other people too. And you are potentially changing the entire legacy for their family as well. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. Last question. What is one item on your personal bucket list you're going to achieve in the next 12 months? I'm a big traveler. And I just recently confided in my husband that I have always wanted to go to Bora Bora. And so we were actually looking at like luxury trips to Bora Bora, which is a big deal because we were really poor before my business took off. So for us to talk about that is a really big deal. And yeah, even just being able to consider it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, awesome. I love it. So please, everybody go check out Esther Inman at virtualassistantinternship.com. You can learn all about her, what she does. If you're looking to hire a VA, highly encourage you to go check that out. They have a instructions on how to work with her team and and find the right your next hire. So highly encourage you to go check out virtualassistantinternship.com and all my entrepreneurs out there, it is your turn to go out and do something. 
Thank you for tuning in to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. What you didn't hear was one more very important question that Tyler asks each guest. If you want to be a fly on the wall when the real secrets are shared, go to bizninja.com slash VIP and get your access today. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. And our one last favor, if this episode was meaningful to you, please share this podcast with a fellow entrepreneur so they can grow along with us. Biz Ninjas, it's your turn to go out and do something.